another week of the Sportscast presented by the Ports of Daily Times. I am sports writer Alex Heider, along always with my editor Chris Sloan. How's it going, Chris? Pretty good. Happy to be back. Yeah, we got a great show for you this week. We will be talking to uh, Trevin Pendleton of Michigan State. He's a West grad and one of the driving forces behind their huge run in the past couple of years. We also talked to Wheelersburg tennis coach Tom Carter about his team's hot start. But first, let's go through a quick recap of last week, uh, everything that happened in sports in Southern Ohio. Obviously, big news was week one of high school football. Um, a lot of games, lots of upsets, too, last week. Great, right, Chris? Absolutely. Yeah, a lot of surprises. Yeah. Um, I think one of those games that really wasn't a surprise to a lot of people was Valley's big win over Portsmouth on Thursday. They kind of kicked off everything uh, at Trojan Coliseum. Valley ended up winning 33 to nothing. Um, very dominant performance. They looked really, really good, Chris. And coming off that Final Four appearance last year with everyone back, uh, they got some big expectations and they more than lived up to the hype this year. Uh, a big reason for their win last year or last week was Blake Howard, uh, senior running back. Uh, people were expecting big things from him again coming into this year, and he really took it to Portsmouth. Um, he only touched the ball 10 times on offense, defense, and special teams last week. And just check out this line. This is pretty crazy. Uh, seven rushes for 74 yards. That's about, what, 10 yards a carry? A little bit more than that. Uh, one catch for 14 yards, and that was a great catch, too. Perfectly thrown ball by Brian, Brian Rolf right over the shoulder, um, and he picked up 14 yards on that one. He also, um, the second half, uh, recovered a fumble in the, in the red zone. Portsmouth was getting ready to score. Um, and he jumped on a loose ball and preserved that Indian shutout in the second half. Got eight tackles on defense uh, from the secondary, um, probably more than that. Uh, there's always a little bit of uh, leeway with my scorekeeping, but I had him down for seven and a half tackles. Um, and he had a well over 100 uh, all-purpose yards on kickoff returns. One of those was one of his five touchdowns on the evening, uh, a 90-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. Um, on the first play of the second half that gave uh, Ports, or Valley a 33 to nothing lead. That kind of score held for the rest of the game. But, man, you really can't ask for more out of uh, a high school player. Probably the best performance in Southern Ohio, uh, the entire region last week, and maybe in the entire state. Yeah, I don't – right off the top of my head, I can't – I cannot remember a performance where a player scores five touchdowns in one game. Yeah, Score, it, it, scores it, all their touchdowns. Yeah, and, and just just over two two quarters of football. Too. Yeah. It's not like this was – it was a, in one half of football. He completely dominated, took over that game. And and while he had a huge game, uh, the rest of that looked really good too. That defense was just completely overwhelming Ports of the offense. Brian Rolfe, like we I mentioned earlier, he was all over the place running and throwing the ball. I think he was Valley's second leading rusher. And uh, Valley didn't need to throw the ball much, but when he did, it looked really good. It was right on target to all of his players. Uh, Bryce Romanello had a couple of big catches uh, down the seams in that little seam route they like to run. Um, it, I mean, yeah, the, it, I, we kind of knew this coming in, but it's going to be very, very tough to beat Portsmouth or Valley this year. And Valley kind of proved that in week one. Uh, they're going to have the target on their backs, and I'm sure they want it there because uh, they're, they're, they're already in midseason form right now. Yeah, that's what that's exactly what I was gonna say. When you're in mid-season form after week one, um, that that's scary, scary news for the competition. Yeah, they they could uh, very well, you know, 
have some have some good games and be on their way to uh, SLC two title. Yeah, but Blake was. I mean, he was a big reason for that. Obviously, we did mention that already, but. Man, he, that kick can fly, too. He took that kick off. Uh, he really didn't even need, need to make a move. I mean, the blocking was there, but kids got wheels. It, it turned around, blink of an eye, he was in the end zone on the other side of the field. So um, if he can stay healthy, I know he got a little bit of injury problems at the end of last year. Um, if he can stay healthy, he might be in the running for uh, district offensive player of the year. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, I know that you were at probably the other big game of the weekend, maybe the game of the week, um, with uh, Ironton and Wheelersburg. How, how did that turn out, Chris? Absolutely. Yeah, that was um, what many expected. It was a physical slugfest, defensive affair. Um, Wheelersburg led 7 nothing at halftime, uh, ended up winning 14-6 to overall. Jordan Howard, interesting story, um, last year broke his leg in the playoff game against Ironton. Came back uh, Friday night, had 20 rushes for 100 yards and both Willisburg touchdowns. He just, he looked great. Uh, Rob Woodward, after the game, said that that's the best game he's ever seen him play. You know, that, that says a lot from, from your coach right there. And so Willisburg picked up a very hard-fought victory over what I think is actually a really good Ironton team. I mm -hmm. think Ironton's going to have a good year this year based off what I saw Friday. Yeah, and you were talking about Ironton, the, the game last week. Uh, I, you, you seem to mention that Ironton kind of let a few opportunities slip through the cracks there. I mean, they seemed to um, be right there the entire game, but it, whenever they got down to the red zone or whatever, it was penalties or, or dumb mistakes that kept pushing them back. They did. Um, the, the whole third quarter was a, was a penalty fest, basically. Um, I think both teams had like 19 penalties. But Ironton, when you're a ball control offense that doesn't want to throw the ball, um, you know, when you start first and 15 or get second and 25 because of a holding penalty, they did that all night. You know, they just constantly stayed behind the chains. And even with that, still moved the ball and still had opportunities. But every time they would overcome uh, second and 25, then they'd get a first and 30. You know, it eventually just kept catching up to them. And other than a Palladino, uh, D'Angelo Palladino 57-yard breakaway run. Um, you knew he was due for one of those. Yeah, you knew he was due. But other than that, their offense just really could not stay ahead of the chains Friday. Yeah. Um, how did uh, Wheelersburg look? I know we, we talked about them at the beginning of the year. They were plugging a lot of new players into their system. I mean, th is their offense coming together, do you think? I think it is. Um, I think they look good. Jordan Howard um, provided that, you know, real physical running style. Um, they tried to hit Chase and Burke on some of those sweeps and things that they did last year. He didn't have the best night. Um, obviously, they didn't need him. Um, John Barry had, or I'm sorry, Kyle Davis had some really, really uh, good throws. You know, he rolled out and hit some some nice throws. So I, I think if you give their offense time week after week, I'll see. I think you'll see them really improve. And by midseason, maybe when they play Valley, I think you'll have two teams that are really hitting their stride. That could be a very good game midseason. Yeah, it always takes a little bit for teams to gel together at the beginning of the season. I'm sure Wheelersburg will be well on their way to uh, getting into full force uh, by midseason. Um, do you want to jump over to soccer? What happened in soccer this week, Chris? Yeah, the, uh, the Clay Panthers had a really, really good week. Um, they played two, two games, one Thursday uh, against Westfall, 1-7-1, and uh, beat Fairland 4 uh, nothing. So, um, you know, they're off to a 3-0 start, 2-0 last week. But Ethan Newton has to be considered one of the players of the week. Um, he had uh, five goals and two assists. Uh, he's already got seven goals and six assists in their 3-0 and start oh, so far. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. And a couple hat tricks, I think. Or yeah, one a couple hat, hat two hat tricks. There yeah. you go. Yeah. And six assists. I mean, he's moving the ball, finding yeah. players. Uh, 
He actually, from what I heard um, last year, he played cross country, and by the time he, um, you know, jumped over to soccer, you know, he was, you know, pretty tired, you know, from running cross country. This year, he did that up. Yeah, no, soccer. There's a there's a lot of running in soccer. You right. kind of have to have fresh legs for that. Right. Well, this year he gave up cross country, and so far the results have just been amazing. So it looks like he made the right choice. Yeah, Clay should kind of figure to be in that SOC one race. I know uh, South Webster has sort of dominated that division the last couple of years. Valley, I, I'm not sure where Valley lies this year, if they're in SOC 1 or 2. They're always bouncing back and forth. But, uh, I think Clay could give South Webster a run this year. Yeah, they, they, it, with Ethan, Ethan Newton keeps playing like that, they should, might figure heavily into that discussion. Uh, jumping over to volleyball, uh, Portsmouth, um, the Portsmouth Trojans, uh, start off 3-0, uh, and including a big uh, comeback win over West on Monday. Uh, they... Fell fell early in, in that game, but uh, big big run at the end of the first set by Aiden Fields kind of switched the momentum of the entire game. Um, I was talking to West coach uh, Brittany Sesser at the end of that match, and she mentioned that uh, the the first quarter West seemed to be playing well offensively, and uh, after that they, they just seemed to be on the defensive all night. And uh, Sarah Prosh's team sort of they kind of picked up their uh, aggressiveness and uh, really took it to West in those last three games and went on for a win. They're sitting at 3-0 and right now, Portsmouth is, and they are currently riding a 13-game OVC match winning streak. That goes back to last year when, of course, they swept the OVC but didn't win any non-conference games the entire year. So they finished around 500 with a conference championship. It was a really weird year for, for Portsmouth last year. But with their team this year, with uh, led by Aiden Fields and um, Bailey Horsley, Anna Marie Reyes, and Andy Queen, um, who had a really good lot, um, night from behind the line last night, uh, they uh, they should be considered one of the favorites again in the OVC this year. Uh, hopefully, they can kind of piece together a couple runs and uh, maybe even sweep the conference again. Who knows? It, I mean, they were more than capable last year. They got a lot coming back this year. So, uh, Portsmouth Volleyball starting off the season strong. And um, we'll see, they got a big uh, match against Ironton later this week uh, to kind of continue that OVC stretch. And um, we'll see. I, I think that they should uh, figure heavily in the um, OVC and in sort of the playoff picture. Um, I Obviously, you can, you can look at uh, Wheelersburg as well. They... They should probably be the favorites again with in the uh, SOC with uh, Marley Hansel, Sydney Holden coming back. You know, Waverly is usually a pretty good program, um, but uh, Wheelersburg should be the. I think they made it all the way to the regional finals last year in Logan, um, but uh, yeah, Wheelersburg should they should kind of be the favorite in there. And then going, of course, going down to the SOC one, uh, you had that that um, sort of rivalry developing between Eastern and Notre Dame. Right. Um, in the SOC one, Notre Dame kind of had the chance to steal uh, a conference victory for the first time in a long time in the last game against Eastern. Couldn't do it, um, but and then they, of course, they met again in the regional finals, um, the first spot in the final four. Uh, so that that should be another uh, big rivalry game. Eastern lost. They, both teams lost a lot. Um, Eastern has, of course, senior Carson Rudy coming back. She's coming off an ACL um, injury that she suffered in basketball. Yep. Um, so maybe hopefully she'll be back at 100% strength. Uh, Notre Dame, of course, lost uh, a lot of people that are working on their fifth coach in five years. Yeah. So um, it's always tough. It's always tough, but they've done it before. They've kind of overcome that sort of change, uh, change of pace, and 
they've done it well. So again, that, those two should sort of battle and at the top of the SSC one. Um, and yeah, that, I mean, another exciting year in volleyball. Looks like it's shaping up to be that way. Um, anything else uh, from last week that you wanted to focus on, Chris? Um, no, I think uh, I think we should be good. Yeah. Um, so moving on, we uh, our good buddy in the newsroom, Frank Lewis. He's a news news writer with the Portsmouth Daily Times. Caught up with Trevin Pendleton, uh, West grad and a uh, Michigan State Spartan. Uh, he's been really one of the main reasons that they've sort of been on uh, that sort of really good stretch at Michigan. It's probably one of the best stretches in team history, maybe going back to World War II. It's, it's been a while since Michigan State's been this dominant in the Big Ten, and Trevin's been a big reason why. He's their uh, fullback leading the way for their strong rushing attack. Um, Frank caught up with him at the fifth annual Courtney Clifford walk. Um, he was in town visiting the uh, Raising money for uh, for cancer with the, with the with the 5K, which is always a good thing. Uh, Bobby Carpenter was also in town, Ohio State former linebacker. Um, but yeah, at Michigan State, they should be poised for another big year. I, I mean, um, yeah, I, I think it was the Cotton Bowl last year. They got got a late victory in the Cotton Bowl with a huge comeback victory over Baylor. Uh, what are you expecting to see out of Trevin and Michigan State this year, Chris? I think Michigan State. Um I think they can give Ohio State a run for their money. I think it would be um, a little foolish to say that they'll beat Ohio State because I don't think so. Um, I think they'll finish second, the Big Ten. You know, probably, I don't know, eight, nine wins, somewhere around there. They'll get another bowl game. Um, Trevin, it, it's amazing to me in a fullback or in a offense like Michigan State, you know, offensive linemen never get – you know, credit, that's just obvious, but um, fullbacks never seem to either. Mm -hmm. You know, but he's one of the better fullbacks in the country. Yeah. And, you know, he leads the way, like you said, their dominant rushing attack. They use a fullback. You know, he's always leading the way in the whole – he catches those little flat patterns. You know, he seems to always catch a touchdown or two, you know, off of play action. He's one of the better fullbacks, but, you know, doesn't really get the credit he deserves because of the position he plays. Yeah, he doesn't get a lot of carries, but, I mean, he's – uh, like you said, he's caught a couple passes. One in the Rose Bowl touchdown catch. Yeah, a couple years ago. Um, which is pretty incredible that the guy from our area is making an impact on the national scale like that. But, um, yeah, you, like you said, you, fullbacks usually don't get this sort of recognition. But, I, I mean, he like he blocked for Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. Le'Veon Bell is now one of the premier running backs, one of the elite running backs in the NFL. I, mean, it, I know it's a pretty short window to be an elite running back in the NFL, but it, that's – he was a big reason why that he got drafted by the Steelers in the second round, and um, yeah, he he sort of led the way, and um, he's really a very quiet reason why that offense has been as dominant as they have had been, and uh, yeah, blocking for Kirk Cousins and everything. There's a lot of big names that have come out yeah. as sort of his hard work, his handiwork. Last um, year it was uh, Langford. I think um, so. Running back, yeah, uh, Jonathan Langford or, or something like that. But he got drafted, yeah. and, you know, and I think he even credited Trevin in one of his interviews yeah. for leading the way. Yeah, and I, you got Le'Veon, you got um, uh, Langford. I, can know, I can't it. remember yeah. his name. It's eluding me. Uh, the, both of those guys got drafted. you, you got to think that uh, Trevin's going to get some looks from NFL teams this year. I wouldn't be surprised if, um, if he – I mean, he's on our NFL roster next year. It would be pretty cool. And it's a great story, too, coming out of West – uh, no scholarship for him. He's a walk-on, um, and now he's sort of a, uh, a driving force behind that Michigan State offense. So pretty, yeah, pretty great story. It's always good to see a local on the national scale uh, making an impact. 
Um, so yeah, here's a quick interview um, with uh, our colleague Frank Lewis caught up with Trevin at the 5th Annual Courtney Clifford Walk. Um, again, sorry, the, the audio on this might be a little bit hard to decipher. Again, we're still working on this. We're, we're, we're new at this podcasting game. Um, but yeah, enjoy this quick interview. Um, stay with us. We'll be right back after the break. Welcome back to the PDT Sportscast. I am here and joined by Tom Carter, the Wheelersburg girls tennis coach. Um, Wheelersburg has started off 11-0 and so far this season after beating Waverly today on Tuesday. Um, so, yeah, how's it going, Tom? Well, it's doing real good, uh, Alex. Uh, the kids have stayed focused, and uh, they played good, and they practice hard, and it's paying off. Yeah, that sounds like it's an 11 and a start. Um, you guys are uh, sitting pretty hot right now. Um, I, I, when's the last time? I every score it seems you guys send me, you guys are winning, winning these matches five to nothing. It doesn't even seem like you're you're dropping a, a, a set. Uh, when's the last time you actually dropped a, a point in, in one of these matches? Well, we played Athens, who's not in our conference. Or mm-hmm. they're they're a little bit bigger, right? They're a little bit bigger school, and uh, they they're a little tough too. We beat them three two, but you know, okay. as a coach, I take three two every time we play. Long as we yeah. got three. Yeah. Yeah. So when was that? When was that game? That match against Athens? It was uh, August the twenty second. Wow. Okay. So that's uh, about a w- two weeks ago since you guys have even yeah. even about, dropped a point. Uh, wow. Yeah. Um, that's pretty incredible. Uh, is it just you guys are just riding momentum right now, or um, well, how do you kind of are, explain The kids it? are getting psyched up. I think the Athens match, when they beat them, I think that uh, I noticed the confidence in their eyes when they come off the court uh, 
you know, it, it could be this game is so fickle it can slam the door in your face just as quick as you can open, you know. Mm-hmm. But the uh, I, the kids got a lot of confidence about beating our Athens. It was a much bigger school than us. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Definitely sounds like it. And uh, I, I know tennis is such a mental game. It's uh, with these singles, it's it you is. versus the other person. Um, yeah. How, how do you how do you kind of keep your team focused for every game? Is sort of just go out there and play one point at a time like that. Well, I I've always addressed any kids I play, boys or girls. You know, you stay focused at the job on hand. You play your game. Don't try to change anything. And let it come to you, and you'll prevail. If you know what you're doing and stay focused, you will prevail. And they've been very good at that, you know. Yeah, it seems like they've really taken that to heart. I mean, uh, I, I guess there's yeah, no other really way to explain it than you just go out there and play every day. Yeah, you just go out and play your game. Don't try to do anything different that you normally have tried because normally that doesn't work. You know, if you're having problems uh, – that's one thing I noticed about these girls. If they're having problems with one part of their game, uh, they know that, and they try to go back to the basics that I've showed them on it, and they, and they come out of it, you know. So they're pretty yeah. smart kids. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so talk about some of, some of the uh, specific girls on your team. I, I know Leah Wright's usually your your number one singles, correct? I mean, she's kind of uh, she's sort of the, the leader oh, of the team, or does it not matter where you slot them? Well, like you said, Leah's our number one player, and she's a freshman, and uh, she's just getting better now. Mm-hmm. She's got yeah. that plateau to reach yet, but she's just getting better every time she plays. You can see that. And uh, she's done a great job for a freshman because it's a lot of pressure. If you've played nothing but junior tournaments yeah. and you go here in club tournaments and you get out the next day and you're playing for a team in a school, that's a lot of pressure there. Yeah, especially being in the number one spot, too. She's going up against these other yeah. teams' best players. That's that's pressure enough alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, you get Katie and Alexis, your other singles players. Uh, what really uh, makes you slot them as singles and not doubles? Do, do they just play better on their own? Or is well, there a Katie's, uh, Katie has really devoted herself to getting better at the game, and it, it shows, too. It shows a lot. Now, she has lost one match, but it's, uh, you know, she got over that. She had another match to play the next day. She knew that, you know, and it was against uh, Athens. It wasn't like she was playing bad against any other team. Athens had a number, yeah. good number two, yeah. and uh, she played real hard against her, but uh, yeah, like I said, she put that behind her. She knew she had to play, and she's much improved this year. Mm-hmm. Now, Alexis is uh, a sophomore. I put her in singles this year, and she's just a powerful tennis player. Yeah. She has to hone herself down sometimes, but she prevails. I mean, she makes you beat her. She doesn't beat herself. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she hasn't been beaten that often, I'm sure. It's just the two yeah. you guys are still undefeated. Yeah. Yeah, 11-0 uh, pretty good. We got eight more to go, but uh, you know yeah. they'll take that momentum out at eleven zero and go into them other eight matches. Hopefully, yeah. And then you got some two doubles teams with with Allie Hooper and Megan Myers, and then uh, Rachel and Allie uh, Hooper and Megan Myers are my only two starting seniors. 
Uh, Megan's been with me for four years. Allie's been with me for three. And uh, they're just aggressive, which you have to have in doubles, very aggressive. Yeah. And uh, they try to win every point. You know, uh, but all teams try to win every point, but they do win about every point, you know. <laughs> yeah. The difference. <laughs> yeah. Um, and my and number then... two doubles is uh, Rachel Hooper. She's been with me for three years. She's a junior. And Victoria Thomas is a sophomore, and she's been with me two years. Now, Rachel's new in the lineup this year, but I could tell when we had our early practices back a long time ago that the way she's hitting the ball, that she would be in the lineup. And she's she's done real well, and so is Victoria. You know, they complement each other, you know, talk to each other, and that's key about it. You know, if, if you're good playing with your doubles partner, you're going to be good. Exactly. you got to have that chemistry, and it seems like you guys Yeah, you got to have that. the chemistry, and they do have it. Um, I'm awful lucky both my doubles teams have it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we didn't even talk about the uh, – in the spring, the, the, the boys' tennis team went 15-0. and 0. So, uh, yeah. years for tennis is, uh, in terms of regular season wins, they're kind of – you guys are streaking right now, 27 regular season well, uh, matches. Well, you know, when the boys uh, went 16-0, and 0, uh, people forget I had two first-year player seniors that were so good at athletic that they were in the lineup. Yeah, you know, yeah. and they they won they won about every match he was in the lineup, you know. Yeah. So that was that was a good plus for me there. Yeah, they find those diamonds and in the rough. They stayed focused with all the rain we had and the cancellations and stuff. They stayed focused the whole match every time they played because you get a kid psyched up thinking he or she's going to play that day, then all of a sudden it gets canceled. Well, you know, they're. Next time they come out, they may not be able to throw the ball over the net. But these kids stayed uh, pretty well focused. Yeah. yeah, and it looks like that little bit of that has rubbed off on the girls' team. And uh, I think I it did because a lot yeah. of the girls' tennis team come to watch the matches. They come mm-hmm. to watch the home matches. Yeah, and I'm sure they picked up a few pointers. And, uh, and oh, I'd say so, yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Uh, well, Tom, uh, again, thanks for thanks for joining us. Um, like I said, Wheelersburg no prop. is 11-0 right now. Um, we'll see how far they can take this win streak. And I don't know what, the, what you guys have out in the water there in Wheelersburg, but it's certainly rubbing off on your side of play. Well, I hope we can ride it all the, way, the rest of the way out, Alex. All we can do is just play and see. Definitely. Great. We will be watching. Uh, again, Tom, thanks for joining us. All right. Welcome back. We've got a little bit of time left. Uh, time for one more thing. That is our picks for this week. Um, I think me and Chris both tied last last week. We're atop the leaderboard in the Game Day Gurus. Both of us at eight and four, I believe. Yeah, we we uh, had two different picks. I think we split the. Um, you picked the New York Catholic West game correctly. I picked the Millersport Eastern game correctly. So we are tied at eight and four on the season. So, uh, without further ado, let's jump right into next week. Uh, really big slate of games this week. Everyone's sort of in non-conference mode still, so um, a lot of uh, different teams and a lot of, uh, I guess, teams from farther away, not really local teams. We're not very familiar with Exactly. There's a lot of uh, sort of guessing 
just pick and guess, flip a coin on, on some of these. Um, starting off with uh, a little bit of a rivalry game, or not a little bit of a rivalry game, big rivalry game between West and Portsmouth. Um, like what they're doing this week, they're playing at a uh, neutral site at Spartan Stadium, sort of a little bit of a throwback game. Um, I know Portsmouth used to play there back in the day, and um, they're kind of bringing back that, that little rivalry feel at, at Spartan Stadium. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pick West in this game. I know that um, quarterback John Barry went down with an injury last week, um, and uh, after he went down with that injury, they kind of struggled a little bit. They sort of kind of they had to sort of rework their game um, in at the in that third quarter. Um, but uh, after could the, uh, John Barry and Brady Dow, that kind of different style quarterbacks, uh, John was sort of a uh, almost a plug-and-play, plug-in wildcat. They would just run, have design runs for him. Brady was more of a run-and-gun kind of quarterback, uh, throwing deep a little bit. Uh, and once it got to the fourth quarter, um, the game was sort of out of reach, but Brady really started to get into a groove there in, in that fourth quarter. I think he completed eight or nine passes for almost 100 yards. And um, I think he, Brady, Brady got that with a whole week of practice under, um, with, with, with the first team offense, if John's not able to go, I think Brady will step in and do fine, and I think West will come up with a victory over Portsmouth. Yeah, I um, it, it kind of has the feel of last year. You know, they they lose a, a top one to Newark Catholic, and last year they really got their season started off right with a win over uh, Portsmouth, a, a shootout win. Um, I don't think it'll be a shootout again this year, but you know, the the injury to John Barry does concern me. But I'm going to go ahead and pick West too. You know, I, I think that they'll um, they'll be able to pull that one out. Yeah, and I know last year that Portsmouth West game was a crazy another forty to forty game or yeah. whatever. Um, Portsmouth had that um, trick play up its sleeve, and that, that that fake punt from their own two yard line that went for a ninety eight yard touchdown. So if they got something up their sleeve, they could make it interesting this week at Spartan Stadium. Moving on to Midford and Oak Hill, uh, Oak Hill that was that was a big shocker this week. They lost fifty six to thirteen to Chesapeake. Um, of course, we both picked Oak Hill, thinking yeah. that they were going to sort of run away with that game. But they Chesa, Chesapeake had other ideas, man. I, I did not expect that to come at all from them. So uh, I think it, this game kind of boils down to – I mean, I would have really picked Minford without having seen that game last week. I think Minford has a pretty strong rushing attack. I think that they um, – they have a lot more, probably as much depth as OU. They can or Oak Hill. They can sort of match up with them in the depth depth department, and um, Oak Hill doesn't really see that much from other teams. So I would have picked Midford anyway, but it's it's me interesting to see this week if Oak Hill is is for rate or sort of as bad as they played last week, or if that was sort of a fluke of Chesapeake's for real. I guess we'll find out a little bit more about that this week when uh, Midford travels to Oak Hill. But I'm taking Midford. Yeah, I think that was a big big shot. Um, just a week ago, um, it, it, like you said, it's hard to figure out Oak Hill. Now, I know Minford and Oak Hill played last year at Minford, and it went to overtime. That was a great game, yeah. Great game. So, you know, with that being said, like you said, we'll find out if Oak Hill can really bounce back. However, you know, I, I like the way Minford's playing. You know, I like their new kind of offense, you know, the double wing and everything. Um, so I'll take Minford over Oak Hill this week, too. Yeah. Yeah, that you talked about that game last year. I think Minford used used a huge fourth quarter comeback to sort of get back in that game, won in overtime. Um, thing we didn't mention about Minford, uh, Michael Stiltner had two touchdowns for them. Yep. He's kind of emerging as a sort one of a rushing leader. Exactly. Yeah. So he's he's proving to be a, a big contributor for Minford this year. Um, he should have another big game this week against Oak Hill. Uh, 
Northwest and Rock Hill. This was sort of a weird game last year when they played. Uh, Rock Hill came away with a 19-7 victory, uh, one of the Rock Hill's few victories on the year. Northwest had a lot of chances to come in and sort of win that game at the end. I think they had a turnover in the final final minutes or so in the fourth quarter. Um, they had a, a, a kickoff return for a touchdown that was fumbled and then like went in the end zone as a touchback. They had a lot of turnovers. Yeah, and it, it, very strange game. Uh, you, if you think on paper, Northwest should have won that game. I think they really out, outgained them in the stats department. Uh, but Rock Hill came away with the victory. I do think Northwest is light years ahead of where they were at this time last year. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and take them. And um, even though it's on the road at Rock Hill, I, I still think that Northwest has sort of improved, gelled as a team. They got some good team leadership this year. I'm going to go ahead and take North, Northwest. I picked Northwest last year against Rock Hill. I covered the game, um, like you said, a bunch of turnovers. They, they really outplayed the Redmen, but you know turnovers kind of do you in when you're you know in that ball control offense. But I'm going to pick Northwest again. You know, like you said, they're playing better this year. You know. I don't foresee them turning it over as much as they did last year. So, um, yeah, I think Northwest will go to Rock Hill and, and get a victory. Notre Dame and Manchester. Uh, Notre Dame last year, uh, this is one of their few wins. They uh, hosted Manchester at Spartan Stadium. Uh, pretty dominant 34-6 victory over, over the Greyhounds. Um, I was at that game. They, uh, they really took advantage of some turnovers. And, um, excuse me, they, um, they really had the rushing attack working that game. This year, they're, they're traveling to Manchester. Um, I know Notre Dame's, uh, they, they showed a lot of fight in that comeback um, on sat Saturday against, um, who was it? Uh, Racing Southern. Racing Southern. Um, they were down early, uh, really fought back in the game. and Sam Kayser, I think, had two touchdowns. Exactly, and they had a chance to win it in the final minutes, and the guy kind of got turned away. Um, but I think going to Manchester, that's a, I mean, that, you're playing on the road. You don't really, not really at the comfortable confines of Spartan Stadium. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take Manchester in this game. I'm going to go ahead and take Manchester too. Um, I think it's a tall order. Anytime you go on the road, it's tough. Um, you know, Manchester, like you said, really played terribly last year. Um, so yeah, I'm, really, I'm going to take Manchester also. Okay. Uh, Dayton Christian at Eastern. You were not believing in the Eagles last week. Um, I mean, they opened their uh, their first official. OHSAA game against Millersport. Uh, you picked against them, picked Millersport. Uh, Eastern proved you wrong. They and came and out. just for full disclosure, he's saying all that with a smile on his face. <laughs> uh, Eastern came out and defeated uh, Millersport. I think it was 38 to 28. Yep. Um, 39 to 28. Uh, they really had that offense working, that spread offense, that um, Rich, Rich Rodriguez style sort of spread, spread out uh, rushing attack offense. Um, that was working really well. Uh, Dayton Christian, uh, again, they're one of these out-of-town teams that we kind of don't really know that too much about, but they lost 36-6 to last week to uh, Paint Valley, a very good Paint Valley team. Um, so, I mean, uh, you, you got to kind of figure, I think Dayton Christian had a pretty a losing record, maybe 2-8 and eight last year. Paint Valley is a very, very good SBC team. They'll kind of contend for the title there, so you can't really – that really doesn't tell you much. You know that they, yeah. they're going – team that struggled last year going up against a good team – Still don't really know that much. Um, I know it's at Eastern. Uh, they're, uh, everyone in Beaver is really pumped to have a football program. Um, they were going crazy this last week. Um, I think the, the home, home advantage will sort of give uh, Eastern a boost, and they'll go on to win. Yeah, I think Eastern was actually up more um, than the final score indicated. I think, I think Millersport had a little bit of a second-half comeback. Yeah, they did, and they still lost by 9 or 10, yeah. something like that. 
Um, so yeah, I'm going to take Eastern too. Uh, like you said, Dayton Christian was two nine and one last year, so you don't really know much about them this year. But unless they improve drastically, you you can kind of expect maybe about the same. And Eastern looked good last week, you know. So I'm I'm going to jump on their bandwagon for a week and see if they pick up their second victory. Uh, one of the most exciting games of last week was South Gallian East. Uh, it's a pretty crazy game. Uh, they came in trailing in the fourth quarter. Akia Brown, they moved him from running back to quarterback, and he uh, came up with a big rushing touchdown, big passing touchdown in the fourth quarter, and um, uh, I think it was Ethan Gifford. I don't remember who kicked I think it was Ethan Gifford. Uh, caught the touchdown? Kicked the extra point. Oh, yeah. I think it was Gifford who kicked the, kicked the extra point for them to give them a one-point lead. Uh, South Gallia missed a two-point conversion after a touchdown. And um, uh, then East came up with a huge stop. Um, like from the like, eight-yard line. Yeah, the eight-yard line in the red zone uh, with time running out to, to clinch the victory. Um, so, yeah, huge win for East. Uh, they really battled back there, uh, hung in the game. They're taking on uh, Fisher Catholic out of Lancaster this week. Um, they, uh, again, they – I'm sorry – Going back, uh, Dayton Christian lost to Hillcrest last week. Um, Dayton Christian beat Hillcrest. They beat, they beat Hillcrest, yeah. I'm Fisher Catholic. Fisher Catholic lost, lost to Payne Valley. So, again, um, that doesn't really change my pick for Eastern and Dayton Christian. But, um, yeah, the, like I said before, uh, Fisher Catholic kind of struggled last year uh, going against the Payne Valley team. That really doesn't tell you anything. But, of course, it's at East. Um, and, really, again, that Allen Park, he you kind of have to be comfortable to play there. It's not really the most glamorous sort of um, surroundings there. Um, locker rooms are pretty bare bones or whatever. It's East like is used to playing there. It is. I, I love watching games there. It gives you a nice, really old-school feel. Um, and East should be comfortable there, and that's why I'm going to go ahead and pick, uh, pick the Tartans. Yeah, Fisher Catholic was 3-7 last year. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like this is a pivotal game for East. You know, if they want to get above 500, which I know is a season goal, uh, you're off to a 1-0 start. Brilliant, brilliant comeback. You know, well, you're playing a team that was three and seven last year and zero and one. This is a team you must win. You must win this game, and you must show people that you can be two and zero and beat the teams that you should beat. Yeah. So therefore, I'm going to take East two and see if they can get to that two and zero victory. Yeah, you want to get up to the five hundred. Two and zero is a really good start. Yep. From, start to that goal. Um, Valley and Colgrove. Um, these teams sort of kind of developed a, a yearly rivalry. They take on each other every year. Um, East or Valley has won the past five years, and it really hasn't been close. Uh, won by twenty in fourteen. They won by thirty in thirteen. Uh, you go down the line. I don't think I think the closest game they played was in two thousand eleven. They won forty two to twenty two. Um, it's at Colgrove this year. Um, you know Colgrove's kind of always on the, the cusp of making the playoffs, and um, their fans are gonna be pumped. Uh, Valley, we talked about it earlier. They had the target on their back. But, man, Valley looked so good against Portsmouth last week. Uh, in just every single facet of the game, you really couldn't expect them to play better. Um, and history's on their side, so I'm going to go ahead and take Valley. Yeah, and Cobra have lost 35-12, like you said, the Point Pleasant. And, yeah. Um, you know, Marion Pleasant. Ma- Marion, I'm sorry. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't put them in Valley's class. So, therefore, you, you know, I'm going to take Valley just like you said. You know, Valley's got everything in this game. Yeah. So. Uh, Green and Manchester, Green and Millersport. Um, we talked about Manchester last week. They or earlier in the segment, uh, they beat Green last week, fifty-six to sixteen. Um, 
I know uh, you're saying this earlier. I think that Green it took them two weeks to, to put points up on the board last year. Yep. You got two touchdowns last week against against Manchester, so that's a step in the right direction. Um, but I think Millersport, uh, like we said, and they went seven and three last year. Played Eastern pretty tough, so I'm going to go ahead and take Millersport. Yeah, I am too. Millersport, um, they had their offense going. You know, they just couldn't stop Eastern. Um, Green doesn't really have the firepower. I, I don't think so. I'm going to take Millersport. Yeah. Uh, another one of these games that's going to be kind of difficult for us to pick. Oh, we got uh, Buffalo uh, from West Virginia taking traveling to Sims Valley, um, which now, is always a tough place to play. Yeah, always. exactly. It's tough to get there. Yeah, it's tough to get there. there. Um, Buffalo, West Virginia. I know they. I know they made the playoffs last year. Um, they came up with a really big win over um, Parkersburg Catholic. Um, but again, I, we like West Virginia. I, I, to be honest, I don't know much about West Virginia football. I know a lot of teams make the playoffs in a smaller pool of schools. Um, so, you, I mean, you make the playoffs in West Virginia, that doesn't mean as much as making the playoffs in Ohio, at least in my perspective. Um, again, I don't know much about West Virginia football. I don't know who sort of the dominant teams are. Um, I just know that it's, like you said, it's tough, tough to play at Sims Valley, tough to get there. Uh, Buffalo has about an hour's drive to even to, to get up to Willowwood. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and take Sims Valley. Yeah, Buffalo, they went 9-3 last year. Um, they're, they're probably, you know, one of the few unknown spots on Sims Valley's team. And, you know, they're a quality team, you know, from what they did last year. And this this year, like you said, they already won 53-20 against, you know, Parkersburg Catholic, which we don't know much about either. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take Buffalo and, and just see if they can pull out a road victory against Sims Valley. we got to change it up at some point. We yeah. Have a couple of different picks. Uh, moving on to Waverly and Zane Trace. Uh, Waverly is taking on a lot of these um, upper-tier um, SVC teams. I know they, they, they played Piketon last week. They they won a really exciting game in that Pike County uh, rivalry last week, that 9-8 game. They picked Another up weird league. game. Another weird game. They, um, they seem to it, play those with they, they, Yeah, they, um, Waverly, they played really well. They really outgained Piketon. Um, they had a couple of big plays that – got called back either with penalties or just dropped passes. Um, I, they really sort of controlled that game and um, almost they, they could have really put it away a lot earlier. But, uh, I mean, Pike then credit their defense. They came up with a couple big stops in the red zone. Um, uh, I think it was Devin Brewster got that rushing touchdown yeah. early in the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they they led the whole game. It just Waverly didn't really have what it took me, what the uh, penalties and, and – Missed opportunities and uh, luckily they Piketon made that one mistake, that fumble, and within like the last minute of the game. Exactly, yeah. They were trying to run the clock out and uh, that fumble really did them in and uh, kicked the field goal to win nine to eight. Yeah, like I said, Waverly is playing a lot of these uh, SVC teams, um, taking on Zane Trace. They were in the upper tier of that conference last year. They'll be playing Unioto, who of course is uh, one of the the big dogs in that conference. They always are. Um, they'll play, be playing Uniota next week. Um, but they traveled to Zane Trace this week. Again, it's kind of a far drive for Waverly. I guess not too t- terribly far for Waverly. But, um, yeah, I, I just think that if if the Tigers kind of had their problems last week with, with those missed opportunities, that's, that's never really a good sign moving forward. Um, I know Zane Trace, will, their talent level is sort of with Piketon. Um, I think if they keep committing those sort of mistakes, that, that could really bite them, and I'm going to go ahead and take Zane Trace. 
Yeah, I'm going to take Waverly. I went back and forth on this game. And, it's it's uh, going to be a good one. It's it is. Yeah. And, and I think it's a toss-up. Mm-hmm. And um, But like you said, you know, with the missed opportunities last week, you know, Waverly could have really had control of that game. So I, I'm going to take Waverly in, in hopes that they don't have those drop passes, those touchdown you know, yeah. penalties that, that get a six points off the board. Yeah. So I'm going to take Waverly and see if they can get their second one. Yeah, if they can straighten those sort of uh, mistakes out, they can be very dangerous uh, for the rest of the season. Um, moving on, your Russell Red Devils are traveling to Ironton. Um, both these teams had really tough losses last – or I guess Russell, Russell would win. Um, but, yeah, it, it, two very close games for the, both of these teams. Uh, Russell, I think it came down on the one onside kick, uh, and they, they recovered it. Ironton, of course, lost that 14-6 to game that Wheelersburg we already talked about. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take Ironton. Uh, I, I just think it's, it's really tough to win – um, in in Tech Stadium, I know Wheelersburg did that last week. I think th- those are well, Wheelersburg's the exception. Exactly, the, those those losses at um, at Tanks uh, are very few and far between. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take Ironton. I think they're uh, D'Angelo Paladino will have another big game for for the Tigers. Yeah, Russell just they struggled all night against Greenup. They they trailed seven to six one in the fourth quarter until um, Nick Conley broke a 57 yard run that really put the Devils in control, and then, you know, Greenup just, just couldn't tie it. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and take Russell. You know, they've lost this rivalry, you know, for the last probably three or four years at least. Uh, so I'm going to take Russell and see if, if this might be the year that they might actually be able to knock off Ironton. Yeah. Um, yeah, speaking of that Wheelersburg game, um, Fairland travels to Wheelersburg this week. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and take Wheelersburg. I, they're going to be tough to beat. Um, they're opening night at – and Ed Miller, uh, Fairland had it struggled last year. I think uh, Wheelersburg will walk away with this one easily. Yeah. Uh, th- what else can you say? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Vinton County and Piketon. Uh, th- last year, this is a very strange game, very close game that Piketon uh, pulled out in, I think, the last couple minutes or so. Uh, of course, we talked about Piketon dropping, dropping that tough game to, to Waverly. Um, last year, uh, Piketon won on the road at Vinton County without Devin Brewster. I think uh, Matt Smith, the linebacker, was hurt for um, either the majority of the game or he uh, was still feeling the effects from an injury the week before. He wasn't at 100%, but um, Piketon still came out with the win last year. So I'm going to go with it being in Piketon this year. I'm going to go ahead and take the Red Streaks. Yeah, I'm going to take the Red Streaks also. Vinton County finished 2 8 last year. You know, um, like you said, Piketon barely beat them last year, but they were without two main people. Uh, having them back, I, th- I think Piketon will win this. Yeah. Uh, last one, after our very, very long slate of games, uh, Greenup County travels to Fleming. Um, Fleming, they gave Valley a scare last year, I remember. Uh, sort of in the middle of the season, uh, the, uh, the Indians needed a couple late touchdown drives to go ahead and pull that one out. Uh, Fleming's a pretty good program. Uh, Greenup, again, we're having a pretty good season so far. They almost they almost came out with a win against Russell. I'm just going to go ahead and take Fleming just for the pure fact that it's it's kind of a drive to get down there. It's a little – and Fleming will have the home field advantage. It's not a fun drive to get down there. Um, but Fleming's already 2-0. Uh, they beat Greenup 14-7 last year. You know, um, Fleming's a tough place to play, so I'm going to take Fleming also. But it wouldn't surprise me if Green up won this. I think it'll be close, but I'll go ahead and take Fleming. And that should just about do it uh, for our picks this week. Uh, I think we have a couple differences. Again, 
maybe two. I think three. three. I think okay. actually right in the middle of our slate. <laughs> yeah, so uh, keep an eye out for that. Uh, Hopefully, I will take the take the lead this week. Uh, early season lead. Eight, early season lead, exactly. Well, and that'll just about do it for the Portsmouth Daily Times Sportscast. Thanks for joining us for another week. As always, you can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Stitcher Radio. Or, again, just on the Portsmouth Daily Times website. Um, download us at any of those apps. Uh, please subscribe and, and uh, rate uh, what you think. Give us your comments. Um, you can email us. Uh, I am at uh, aheider at civitasmedia.com. Chris is at csloan at civitasmedia.com. Uh, Twitter, PDT Sports Writer. Chris is at crsloan. Um, or just our company email, PDT Sports at civitasmedia.com. If you have anything that you want to see us discuss, just let us know. Send us an email. And uh, also be on the lookout for our football preview. I know a lot of people have been asking about that. That should come out this Saturday. Yes. Had a couple of bugs we had to work out. Um, unfortunately, we couldn't get out for the start of the season, but it'll be on newsstands on Saturday, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, again, thanks for joining us for this week. Uh, have a good one, and we'll talk to you next time.